The cost of youth soccer, the industry, has just gotten completely out of control. Why are kids on certain teams and how they found themselves there? And is it indeed the best situation for them to develop? There really seems to be a lack of inclusion. I'd love to see a club just be honest and right. say that. <laughs> right, so, right. But you no. know all that BS? Forget that. We're not saying it because it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're just right. play to win. I read somewhere in an old magazine, the editor had received a letter from someone who was probably about 70 years old, who had been working on a theory of history for decades. I have no idea what a theory of history actually entails. I, I think the course of human events is far too random to have some sort of overarching theory behind it. But in any case, this man had found out that his theory was wrong. He'd been going in the wrong direction for 20, 30 years. But he wasn't despondent. He was actually quite enthusiastic. Was thinking, hey, now I'll get to start fresh. This is the last day of soccer season, and I'm home too early. I'm home too early because this brilliantly talented team that I had, just their shots wouldn't go in. And it completed an unlucky weekend. Uh, in an unlucky coaching career for me. What I told them at the end was that it was the most talented team that I'd had since a team of U8s that all went to become travel monsters. And they just were up against the unluckiest coach in the world. Now I could sit here and bemoan how unlucky I was and so forth and how I just wanted to have this one experience. I, I wasn't even coaching my own son's team. Uh, my, I had another son playing elsewhere in the tournament in a different age group, but I was coaching a team that was just fantastic. And it was the reason that I wanted to do this because I wasn't going to be coaching this particular age group anymore, you know, the 2002 through 2004, uh, roughly in that region. You know, I might coach again at, you know, U16 uh, when you know, when the time is right, but this was going to be it for me coaching this group, and I just said, look, I just want to, um, plus no one else stepped forward to volunteer, so I said, yeah, I'll take an all-star team, and for an all-star tournament, it surprises me that most, that apparently I found on Twitter, other people don't have all-star tournaments, they, they made sense, and look, all-star teams in rec league, especially by this age, they'll beat up on a lot of travel teams, we scrimmaged the travel team, and oh my goodness, the goals would not stop going in. I actually stopped them and had them work on different scenarios. I said, hey, pretend we're up one and we need to kill the game off. A situation I thought would come up in the tournament because we were that good. But no, through a combination of the weird draw and, um, again, shots that wouldn't go in, that's not how things turned out. And that's not how things have turned out a lot uh, as I've been coaching. And I can go back and look and say, well, you know, I had a lot of players move. I never really had a core of players to put together. And as, you know, statistically improbable as it may seem for a lot of this to have been luck, a fair amount of it was. But I can't stop second-guessing myself. And it's not even so much second-guessing as wondering, like that guy who just found his theory of history to be wrong, is my theory of coaching wrong? 
Now, granted, my theory of coaching isn't something that I came up with. I am a rules follower. Always have been. I was the one who didn't drink in college because I was underage. You know, that's against the rules. 18-year-old can't drink. Obviously, you know most people do. But I was the one who followed the rules. And I've done that with coaching. I've taken all the licensing courses. I've taken far more licensing courses than I really needed to. And I tried to put those practices into place. And I inevitably lose to people who are clearly not. You know, I lose to joystick coaches. You know, I lose to coaches who yell ridiculously negative things or just harsh things. In this tournament, you know, both of the teams I was involved with, either as a parent or a coach, uh, our parents were behaving. I didn't hear anything from them except the occasional positive, hey, you know, nice job, you know, so-and-so. And in the game I was, where I was a parent, we were sitting in the bleachers like we were supposed to. Parents from the other team literally running the sidelines because it's oh so important for them to tell their kids, you know, their 12, 13-year-old kids, you know, oh, shoot it, shoot it even when they're at an impossible angle where they would they would find the goal even if there weren't five defenders in the way. Or perhaps follow it when they're 20 yards from goal and the keeper has just picked up the very easy shot in his hands. Personally, I'd be insulted if I were a keeper and someone was yelling, follow it, uh, when I just picked up a weak shot. You know, hey, you think I'm going to spill this one? You know, no. So yeah, we follow all the rules. And, and look, you know, I see coaches at high levels, parents at high levels that don't follow the rules. The most obnoxious parents that I dealt with in my first season of refing were the highest level team. It was a development academy, I'm not going to name names, but it rhymed with uh, Jen Shujin. And yeah, their parents were awful. And they, you know, in at least a couple of cases, clearly didn't know the rules. And yet, here they were at this high level. And a lot of the coaches were kind of the same way. I've seen coaches at, you know, a U.S. Youth Soccer National Championship completely joystick coaching. You know, go that way. Pass there. Go this way. You know, like they're playing FIFA or something. And so I wonder, you know, are there rules that I should be breaking? And in some cases, you know, I've gone into this. You know, my Soccer America column on Play, Practice, Play I wondered about teaching technique at older ages. Because, yeah, look, it's great that we drill, you know, dribbling first and then passing. You know, you want to play futsal. Learn how to pass in small spaces. And, yes, that is important. But as much as we try to pretend otherwise, the 20-yard pass is part of the game. The 30-yard pass is part of the game. Occasionally a 40- or 50-yard pass is part of the game. And that doesn't mean you're playing route one. It means you've just had a couple of nice small passes in your own defensive third and now suddenly you have an opening to a forward who has gotten who has a clear path behind the defense and you play that through ball to him you know that's beautiful soccer now when do we teach that when do we teach kids to take the 20 yard shots that flew into the upper corner against my team today and yet yeah, we created I would say more chances than they did they finished theirs, and we did not. And for, 
I can't blame myself for that because what was I supposed to do? Teach some finishing in two weeks? But I wonder, if I spend a whole season going around to other teams and watching them go through their training sessions, what would I see differently? What would my theory of coaching be? Perhaps U.S. soccer should put up, you know, not just the little, you know, three-minute excerpts of uh, coach. I mean, it used to be Shannon McMillan. You know, look how she gets down on one knee to make eye contact with the eight-year-olds. Okay, yeah, good tip. Maybe put an entire training session online. Maybe put an entire recreational training session online. So that's what, you know, parents have to go by. You know, we're not going to be able to relate to a development academy team that is completely focused and can learn these complicated passing drills that we're not that we don't mess with at the grassroots level. So I wonder. And look, it on the other hand, I'm tempted to take all my soccer gear and just chuck it into the ocean. I've packed it away, you know, every year, every season. I bring my bags of cones and pennies and balls. Never the same balls that I started the season with. You know, the club gives me a nice game ball. I lose it in the first two weeks or somebody just walks off with it. And I end up with all the junk balls, you know, the ones with the panels peeling off so I can throw something out in case we need more soccer balls at practice. And often just sort of toss it in the storage room. Today I actually did serious work in our storage room, moved stuff around so that I could access an old armoire. And I stuffed it all in there. I don't want to look at it right now. This game just breaks your heart. Embrace your heart as a supporter. You know, you have clubs that get relegated, clubs that make a nice run and lose in the final. And it breaks your heart as a coach. I'm glad that I was able to reach some people. And I've had a lot of parents over the years tell me how much they appreciated what I did. In some cases, you know, winning when they did not expect their team to win. And in, in other cases, just being there. Just having someone out there so that these kids could go out and, and play. In a lot of cases, they forget the score. I tend not to. And perhaps that's a bad thing. Perhaps that would make me a better coach. Perhaps if I forgot all my losses over the years, perhaps I'd be a better coach. But I honestly don't know at this point when I'm going to be coaching again. I might not be coaching in the spring. Perhaps I'll be returning in the fall. We'll see. I'm going to be roughing. I'm not leaving the game behind. I still love this sport. I sometimes wonder if it loves me back. And so I wonder. I'm not sure I'd really have time to go out and see every training session there is. I've been invited to a few. There are peop Sometimes people say, oh, you have to go out and see how this club does it. Okay. Maybe I'd pick something up out of that. And maybe other coaches should have more collaborative efforts. That could be interesting. But in the meantime, I've got to take some time off. I'm working on a book. I have more writing coming for Soccer America. Maybe I'll even do more podcasts at some point. Although I won't have any coaching experiences to draw from for a while. And I'll watch the Premier League. Because, you know, the good part about youth soccer season being done is that now I can wake up on Saturday mornings 
Turn on NBCSN. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Kyle. Hi, whichever of the Robbies is there. And I can look at it from that perspective as well. And I guess that's the good thing about this sport. You can look at it from so many different perspectives. It's a simple game, and yet there's so many aspects to it. And maybe I'll spend the next 20 years developing a theory of coaching, only to find that it's wrong. If anything can be wrong in this sport. Maybe it's just a different direction. We'll see how it goes. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the Ramping Soccer Dad podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or Stitcher or whatever you use. Whatever you use to get here, please use it again to subscribe us or like us or rate us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anyone who is a soccer parent at any level. Uh, that we're doing this. I will also be working on the Ranting Soccer Dad Guide. There are some parts on the Ranting Soccer Dad site. Please visit rantingsoccerdad.com to get all the latest information about the things I'm doing. Until then, rant on.